bought a pair of shoes that I didn't need. The same ones I saw on my Instagram feed. My feet hurt real bad and my bank account's dry. I made a bad decision and I don't know why. Some people may say I blew it, but marketing made me do it. Welcome to the very first episode of Marketing Made Me Do It. I'm one of your hosts, Sydney Bingham. And I'm the other host, Sylvia Dieter. And Marketing Made Me Do It is a new podcast exploring the marketing world as it connects to life and our everyday decision making. We want to start with what did marketing make you do since the last time we talked? So Sylvia, if you want to start the conversation, this will be actually the first time. So you can really choose any time frame, but what has marketing made you do? question. Um, I've been thinking about this because uh, even though our uh, podcast is called Marketing Made Me Do It, I actually have an example of something that marketing did not make me do, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, which is I was shopping online, you know, as I do uh, on occasion. And uh, I was coming across these really cute sandal shoes, um, heels, actually. And I live in Flagstaff and Flagstaff is a very outdoor casual community where, uh, you know, people don't get dressed up quite that often. Um, and I browsed the shoe. I looked at it from every angle and, um, you know how that some shopping platforms have suggested outfit ideas with that. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that, you know, it's a great marketing tool, uh, if you're looking for a specific style, but those pictures actually made me. Uh, not purchase the shoes because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful blazer. And then this beautiful necklace and the shoes and, um, you know, some really cute slacks. And I was like, oh, I don't know when I'm ever going to wear this in Flagstaff. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess my environment, uh, has impacted my decision-making in that sense, uh, that I did not end up buying the shoes, but, uh, yeah, that is something that marketing did not make me do, uh, as of late. Yeah. And we've talked about before how we need to change the brand of Flagstaff to be more (laughs) glitzy and glamorous because people don't dress up here. And um, I know I like to dress up occasionally. I did go out last night and I saw somebody in a ball gown. Um, But I wonder if there's something here called adult prom. Oh, I think there is actually. Yeah. It might've just been adult proming, which let's bust out those shoes. (laughs) all gowns and do do that what about you so marketing made me do I think it's similar to you it's it's not something marketing made me do Um, I saw an ad for a Nordic plunge pool that was like a blow-up plunge pool so um, for those of you who don't know I only just learned this um, in Norway. And again, this might be wrong. You can email us if this is wrong. If you want to tell me, I haven't researched this, but I assume in Norway, cause it's called Nordic lunch pool. Uh, people kind of switch between this hot sauna experience. And then they go into a plunge pool, which is like freezing temperatures, ice water. And so I saw an ad. I was served an ad, I should say for a blow up travel plunge pool which is just like this blow up little tiny pool that you fill it with water and ice. And I was just like, I was so proud because Instagram thinks I have disposable income and that made me <laughs> feel really good. I was like, yes, Instagram thinks I can afford just a plunge pool um, for health. So not only, I feel like it thinks I'm healthy 
and I, I dig it. And it thinks I can afford to just like spend money traveling with a bath. So <laughs> I obviously didn't buy the plunge pool, but it was just an honor to be served an ad like that. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I wonder how much uh, Instagram thinks you go to the sauna and treat yourself, maybe. <laughs> well, to be honest, I had looked at, we have a Nordic spa in Flagstaff, and I was literally just looking at that spa to see what that experience was like and if I should splurge on it. So maybe there's something, maybe it knows a little bit about me. Maybe it does. But I like to think that it it thinks I really just have that level of disposable income. I'm not getting served ads to McDonald's anymore. So that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Step up. Nice. Stepping up in the world. Love it. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about, um, our topic today is personal branding. I thought this would be a good thing to start with because we're both doing something new with this podcast. We're kind of growing our personal brands by having this podcast. And then we're also trying to establish a brand for the podcast. So branding <laughs> is just really on our minds right now. And I feel like personal branding is something that impacts everybody, but that not everybody is aware of. And so what is personal branding? Well, it's how people see and remember you, but more importantly, how you position yourself to be seen and remembered. Um, and a good way to kind of think about this is, you know, how would your friends describe you? How would you describe your friends? How would you describe somebody you met for for the first time? Um, that's all encompassing the personal brand. Yeah, I love that we're talking about this because um, a personal brand, again, whether you're aware of it or not, uh, is so powerful and can really, you know, A, it, it accompanies you throughout your everyday life, but B, also it can change your life. You know, if you choose to... Um, yeah, to change yourself in a way or um, have a goal in mind that you want to um, accomplish or work towards, um, it always, to a certain extent, impacts your personal brand. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I did some research for this episode and I, I learned a new word. So watch it as I throw out this new, this new term. It's called <laughs> dramaturgy. Dramaturgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, but um, this is a sociology term from sociologist Irving Goffman. And I think it, it really helped me understand what personal branding is. And so it looks at life like a play. You are the actor, you're the main character, and you're acting in a play. And there's a few terms. So the first term is front stage. So you're in front of the crowd, in front of the audience, you're putting on a show. It's the way a person acts in public and around other people to build that persona and to curate, craft how they would like people to view them. And the other concept, the flip side, is called backstage. And it's how a person acts when they're not in public, when there's nobody around. And so a way to understand this, I think just the best example is social media, right? Mm -hmm. Where your friend goes on vacation and they post these beautiful photos of lakes and beaches and you know, martinis. Uh, <laughs> what they don't post though, is the the fight in the car with their spouse or the fact that their kids were crying and throwing up on the beach. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> that's the difference between that French stage persona and the backstage persona. And social media pretty much is only that front, front stage persona. People like to show the very best of themselves. 
they curate their social media profiles to be in line with their personal brand. So you might see, you know, your friend might be a runner and everything they post is about running. Maybe they're super into food, they're a foodie and they post beautiful shots of coffee and their dinners. Um, and that's again, another way to kind of curate your personal brand through social media. And I find that interesting because, you know, uh, when I look at social media, I completely concur with you. And and it's interesting if you reflect on your personal brand and then just look at who you're following on Instagram, um, just the people that you surround yourself with that you follow and or um, that may not be quite in alignment with your personal brand, but um, that might be an aspiration to you, you know, of, of who you're looking to or how you're looking to develop your personal brand. Um, but it's important to always keep that in mind that it's just a front stage, because I do feel like you can get lost within those perceptions, especially on social media, where you would just put a lot of pressure on yourself and your personal brand, uh, to develop it in a certain way, even though it may just not be realistic because that's not everyday life, what we see there. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And I also think one of the misconceptions with personal brands is that they're always a tool to make money. So personal brands, you can kind of align those with like influencers who are making money. One of the influencers I follow, for example, she, she's into like no clutter. That's her thing is no clutter at all in the house. She doesn't have frames or anything, no decorations on the wall. She has a billion kids. You would never know because there's no clutter at all in her home. And, but she's making money by selling her guidebook about having a clutter-free home, having a webinar series. She um, she sells like these rugs. She's an ambassador for a certain type of rug that she displays a lot. So there are ways to make money from personal brands and being an influencer is just one of them. Yeah. Coming into a job interview with that personal brand of like, I'm professional, I'm you know really smart. Like that's another way you can monetize your personal brand, but really personal brands go way above and beyond just monetizing them. They're found in almost every interaction. I would say in every interaction that you have with anybody. Yeah. And I do think, you know, that speaks, you know, to bring it back to everybody has a personal brand, you know, you don't have to sit down and strategically map out like, you know, mm -hmm. who do I want to be? What is my goal? How am I going to get there? What is my personal brand? You know, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like everybody has a personal brand, which is, you know, it's an evolution. You don't just sit there and determine, okay, this is Sylvia. No, it's an evolution that carries you through the various stages of your life and um, evolves and change, um, which is influenced by the people around you, by the place that you live, by, you know, the education that you um, have or don't have. Um, it's, it's very fluid. I feel like the personal brand um, component. And that's a fantastic segue into <laughs> getting to know more about us. We'll give you some examples of our personal brands, and then we'll give you some examples of maybe celebrities' personal brands. Um, but Sylvia, tell us about your personal brand, maybe five things that you feel goes into your personal brand. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I had to think about this for a little while, um, just because, again, because of that fluidity of it, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I've definitely been uh, transitioning in the last uh, couple of years, uh, quite a bit, but if I were to describe my personal brand, I would throw out the words, um, strong, independent woman, um, hard worker, multicultural, 
and kind and compassionate. And as I've been thinking about these words in particular, I was like, you know, how do they really apply to me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's when I kind of uh, discovered to me, they all, they have a why associated, you know, why are these my personal brands? And um, some of them come from my upbringing, you know, where I grew up, how often I moved and living in five different countries, how that shaped me, um, how, you know, people interacted with me when I was young and what that means to me. And so I could, if, if you want to hear them, uh, tell you why about all of these, um, why they are my personal brand. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the baseline of, um, to me, I've determined who I want to be and what I want to become. And I think that's how my personal brand has shaped into these, well, it's not five things, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, (laughs) uh, seven (laughs) words. Uh, But yeah, but what, how would you describe your personal brand? Yeah. It's funny listening to yours because we didn't share these in advance, mine are kind of almost a different category than yours completely. So yours are based on your personality characteristics, a lot of them, and mine are based on like where I'm at with my life and different milestones maybe that I've achieved that I feel I've achieved in my life. And so I, Sylvia, like you said, you're multicultural, so you're from Germany and I'm, I'm from the U.S. I've never been outside of the country. So I I wonder if there's some something there too because mine are all based on like accomplishments I I should say and that's very much an American thing of like I need to accomplish you know one thing and then another and it really never stops and so mine are I work at a marketing agency my job is a big part it's definitely not the most important part of my personal brand but I would say it's part of why I'm doing this podcast is because I really am interested in marketing and. I feel I have something to offer through my experience working for a marketing agency. You work for the same one. That's how we met. (laughs) I am a wife and I have two dogs. I'm going to put that into one. I'm I'm definitely a dog mom and um, I have a partner I've been married to for about, well, for 10 years now. So um, that's part of my personal brand. Mm -hmm. I live in Flagstaff. That's so important to me. I feel like that was a huge accomplishment moving from the 115 degree summers in Phoenix <laughs> to Flagstaff where we just have this beautiful nature. Um, so I think that's a part of it. And then I have, <laughs> I maybe didn't do my homework as well as you. I can't really do anything <laughs> else. Um, in the past, I can say, you know, to your point, your personal brand can change a lot. So my most recent, I would say kind of toxic personal brand that I'm working through right now is the personal brand of being busy, you know, Mm -hmm. just having that as I'm, I'm so busy, you know, for friends and family, I'm so busy. (laughs) You don't even understand. Um, and I feel like that is again, maybe a very American thing, but also like a millennial thing where we just, it's kind of like a status symbol of like, I'm so busy, like doing so important. My stuff is so important. Um, but I think that's also a toxic personal brand choice being too busy to care for yourself isn't really the best thing. So that's something I moved, I would say I've moved away from within the last year. Um, so maybe skincare, <laughs> spa, you know, <laughs> maybe those will be a part of the uh, personal brand moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's interesting because that aspect of I'm busy. I definitely think it was trending, you know, like saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy because ultimately what does that do? Right. That 
adds value to mm -hmm. you as a person. And um, I can definitely relate because work has been my everything for the last three years. Um, well, I'd say I'm starting to kind of move away <laughs> from that um, a little bit, but it's interesting because a lot of people also told me like, oh my gosh, Sylvia, you're constantly busy. And I'm sure that was the same for you as well, where people are like, oh, Sydney, you're always busy. And, you, you know, and for me, it was like, people were throwing the word around workaholic. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because I feel like for a certain time I adopted that. And I'm curious if you feel like by people telling you you're busy, that you adopted that to your personal brand without even cognitively want like choosing to do so. I think it probably goes both ways. You know, it's like that snake eating its own tail. My husband won't be able to tell you what, do you know what that word is? <laughs> it's one that I love. I will throw out when I want to sound smart, but I always have to Google it first. So, um, but I think that's, that's totally true is that I think people telling you that you're always busy does feed that machine of you believing you're always busy. So you're always kind of building on that. Yeah. And that's a great point. Your personal brand might not be something you chose. It might've been something that other people put upon you. When mm -hmm. I was growing up, I was constantly told I was really moody and <laughs> I don't know if I was moody or if I was just like the middle child and I wanted attention because <laughs> I was the middle child. Yeah. You know? Um, but but yeah, I think other people can define your personal brand. Doesn't mean you have to accept what they say as your personal brand, but maybe worth questioning. Is this my personal brand because I chose it to be that or because other people are putting this on me? Yeah. And I think that again, goes so, um, so well back to the point of what's your why, you know, what's your goal? Because I feel like, um, just accepting what others put upon you potentially without questioning that um, can be very dangerous, you know, and, and dangerous to your, um, yeah, to yourself in the sense of um, not being able to achieve what you're set out to do because these words and these um, associations that people put on you, I guess, um, nag at you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and prevent you from over, like from reaching your goals. Yeah. And I think I love the idea that personal brands, they're not all positivity. They're not all, you know, a personal brand of being healthy and beautiful and that there are some toxic things that can be found in personal brands. For example, let's take the personal brand of being beautiful. We all know um, the Kardashian family, they're all gorgeous. They've maybe most likely it's debatable, spent money, a lot of money to be so gorgeous, right? <laughs> Um, but that's a part of their personal brand. And, and a lot of women look up to them. A lot of young ladies look up to them. And so um, it could be maybe a lot of pressure to, to people like us, the common folk who look in the mirror and say, well, I wish I could be as beautiful as they are. Um, yeah. I think the beauty industry can be really toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, like you and I uh, both grew up, I think, in the era where what was in fashion was like anorexia skinny. And as a woman in that era, you got like props for being unhealthily skinny. The society would applaud you and ask, what is your diet? I want to do that same thing because you're unhealthily skinny. So that fed eating disorders and things like that because people's uh, brand identity, their personal brand was being skinny. And that wasn't always a healthy body type for, for them. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, I'm I'm curious to see how 
the Kardashians, um, how their, their kids grow up, you know, with which, um, how impacted they are by their family in that sense too, because, um, I completely agree with you. It can be so unhealthy. And what's more even is that there's not always visibility into it, you know, like it's being presented in a way of like, oh my gosh, I just did a little bit of workout and I'm so skinny, you know, but actually you did laser therapy and you did cool, cool sculpting or whatever that is, you know, um, and all these other things that make you look skinny, but publicly you're just saying, oh, I just did a little bit of that. And then I'm using a little bit of uh, vitamins here. Drink a lot of water. Is Drink a lot of water. Yeah. Drink a lot of water. It's for clear skin. That's the tip. It's like, well, you have acne. Are you drinking enough water? <laughs> Yeah. But that's so misleading because, yeah. you know, as a consumer, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to do this one workout and then I'm going to buy these gummies and these gummies are going to help me. And then it does nothing. And I waste my money and I'm frustrated and I'm doubting myself, you know, like, um, I do think, um, the lack of transparency into, um, into some of those celebrities, unfortunately, and how they per- portray themselves is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And I don't, I don't just think it's celebrities, you know, that's where I'm going to bring social media in. For me personally, social media is a pretty toxic place. I don't think I'm alone in saying social media is a toxic place place to be on, especially in moments where I'm struggling in my life and I see everyone else is just crushing it. Everyone else is getting promoted and having babies and having, um, getting married and they have the best marriages. Um, yeah. And when I'm maybe not succeeding in everything, that's where social media can be toxic. And what's interesting is, I think we've probably all had that that girlfriend who just posts so much about her relationship. Like she's so in love. Her husband is the best thing ever. He is so nice. She'll I had one girlfriend who was posting like three times a week, just raising her guy up and her relationship up. And she got divorced. Um, mm-hmm. you know, during that, or not soon after that. And it just makes you realize you're not seeing the full picture. So even even if someone's not a celebrity, I still think social media is a place where you can show a portion of the picture. You can show half of the story, um, but really you don't know what's going on inside most people's lives. So it's always good to just question, you know, someone might be sharing something publicly as their personal brand, but that might not be what's actually happening in their life. Most likely, actually, probably not because I mean, yeah, it's like overcompensating. Yeah. Like even just the influencers that have, I don't know, 20 to 30 stories a day on their account. Um, if you think about it, it's just like probably 10 minutes of their day that they're posting on social media at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, always be cautious of what you see and, uh, and yeah, the personalities and brand personas that are put out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another, another potentially toxic brand uh, persona that I feel like brand identity that the Kardashians kind of can portray is that brand identity of being rich, (laughs) luxury living. I think, and I can only speak to America, but I think in America, there's the pressure to like be better than your neighbor. Your neighbor buys a fancy grill, you buy a fancy grill. and, And really it's not about what you can afford. And I think that's where the luxury lifestyle can be toxic is if you're promoting that as your personal brand, luxury rich, and you don't have the income to support that or sustain that. I think there's a lot of pressure to keep up appearances for personal brands. And and that's where, you know, getting into debt because you're trying to uphold this personal brand of being rich, 
luxury lifestyle is just not great. Yeah, I I completely agree. I don't think it's just an American thing. It's definitely um, like I've seen it in Europe as well, where you compare yourself to your neighbor and, you know, the neighbor just got or just went on this amazing trip to Thailand. And all of a sudden you have to go to Africa just to have something to talk about as well. So I think that's where it's important, where you understand who you are, where your core values are. Mm-hmm. And what you, what makes you happy and healthy at the end of the day, um, yeah. you know, and who is, what is you? Because um, who was it? Uh, was it Oscar Wilde that said everybody else was already taken? <laughs> oh, I love that quote. There's a, there's a quote out there is like, just be you because everybody else is already taken. Um, yeah. So I think that's what a personal branding comes down to is like, you got to spend some time with yourself and that is uncomfortable. I just went through that, you know, a year and a half ago where I really sat down with myself and tried to figure out who am I, what is important to me, what makes me happy and where do I want to go? And it's work. It's definitely work and it's uncomfortable, but I can encourage all of you out there to to spend some time with yourself. Yeah. And I think that speaks to how to, to really establish your personal brand. You know, I do think that's the first step is just sitting down with yourself and outside of everybody else and just thinking about, well, what is, like you said, what is important to me? Who do I want to be? You know, kindness to your point can be part of your personal brand. And if kindness is a part of your personal brand, then you'll take that into your interactions with other people. But I think it's really hard to establish a strong personal brand when you have everybody's opinions in your ear. And another celebrity who I think has gone through that kind of transition that we haven't talked about is Miley Cyrus. Yeah. So when Miley Cyrus started, she was on, what was the show called? Do you know the Disney show uh, channel? Hannah Montana. <laughs> yes. I never watched it, but you know. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. I think I was too old at that time. And it was like Disney channel. Oh, I'm 15. I don't want to watch Disney channel. It wasn't a thing in Germany, so <laughs> really, no. But yeah, so Hannah Montana, from what I gather, and if if this isn't right, feel free to email us at info at marketingmademedoit.com and we will maybe read your email. <laughs> <laughs> but Hannah Montana, she was on it with her dad, Bill Ray Cyrus, and it was Disney Channel. So again, Disney Channel has a strong brand and that brand is family, you know, family friendly, kid friendly. And so that was the brand persona that she, the personal brand she had to have outside of the Disney channel. She had to be happy, smiling in front of the cameras, dressed conservatively. You know, she's a child, so that makes sense. And, um, and yeah, just happy-go-lucky, like the girl that everybody wants to be. Mm -hmm. And that is a brand, a personal brand that was kind of put on her, most likely by her family and by the Disney channel. So doesn't mean that's exactly who she was at that time. And then we kind of saw a shift in her personal brand as she got older to be, I think it was a little more like controversial as she got older. And I feel like that is pretty typical of people who are finding their own personal brand. It's like, you have to try things on. Mm -hmm. You have to experience the world before you can really establish a solid personal brand. And now she just came out with that song, I Can Buy Myself Flowers. It's such a powerful song for young women and ladies um, we can buy ourselves flowers. Like we don't need a guy to do it. It's such a different <laughs> message than what we heard growing up of like, we need uh, superheroes to save us. We need Disney channel princesses <laughs> to save us. 
it's such a powerful, empowering message for women. And I feel like her personal brand, if I were to describe it in words, would be strong, powerful, independent, inspiring. I think those are parts of her personal brand, but I think it was hard found for her. Yeah. Well, and I think that speaks again to that evolution, right. Of a personal brand. And, um, you know, I just recently got engaged. So who knows what, what, how I would describe my personal brand a year or two from now, you know, and I think the same rings true for, for Miley Cyrus and that she, um, just her personal brand developed over the time. And I think even, um, some of the, um, steps in between, like I just see her swinging on the wrecking ball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know it was Love just it. part of that evolution and she but she um stayed true to herself and I think you know that just speaks to the authenticity you know once you're comfortable with yourself and you know who you are and what how you want to be portrayed you're going to be authentic it's yeah your authentic self so so to summarize everybody has a personal brand yourself included whether or not you've spent the time figuring out what that is. You do have a personal brand. You have a front stage persona and a backstage persona. Um, It's how you show up for the people you care about, how you show up for the people you don't care about, what you wear, the language that you use, your hobbies, your friends, et cetera. Um, Everybody has a personal brand. If you are currently in a situation where you're not really happy, you're not really... I don't know, happy with yourself, with your circumstances, whether it's your job, whether it's your living situation, whether um, it's your relationship. Um, Just know that changing your personal brand um, can change the trajectory of your life at the end of the day. And if you um, really just think about what you want, where you want to be, what you want to do, um, and who, who you like, um, how you want to come across to other people, spend that time, uh, think about, think about it. Um, and then take action because once you can define it or put it into words, then it's going to be easier to actually take steps, um, towards that. And, um, if you're unsure where to start, um, ask your inner circle, ask your family, ask your friends, ask your coworkers on how they perceive you just to get you started. And maybe they'll say things that, you know, if they're close enough to you, they might say things that you're surprised to hear that you maybe don't like to hear because your personal brand the personal brand you've established perhaps unconsciously is not always, it's not always the person that you want to be. And so the good thing is you can change. So, yeah. So that's our episode today. Thanks for listening. And we hope we inspired you to explore your personal brand. Sylvia, tell us what's coming up next time. I'm so excited about our next episode. We're going to be talking about whether Google is listening to us. Um, I recently planned a trip to New York and uh, was talking to my friends and family about things to do and Broadway came up. So all of a sudden I got all these Broadway uh, ads served and uh, well, I actually also bought (laughs) bought Broadway tickets to Moulin Rouge, which by the way, I can only highly recommend. Um, So yeah, I would love to dive into that topic a little bit more and um, figure out is Google listening to us or not? I can't wait. Thanks again for listening and we hope you will subscribe and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're brand new. So subscribing and reviewing will really help us be heard more. And we are new every other Thursday. And don't forget to follow us on social media at marketing made me do it. Uh, We would love to hear what marketing made you do as of late. Tell us. You can use the hashtag marketing made me do it and we'll find you and add it to our stories. 
<laughs> I bought a pair of shoes that I didn't need. The same ones I saw on my Instagram feed. My feet hurt real bad and my bank account's dry. I made a bad decision and I don't know why. Some people may say I blew it, but marketing made me do it.